0: hi everyone this is meredith root and welcome to the afternoon snack podcast brought to you by tactic nutrition hi i'm alex parker
1: owner of tactic nutrition former lawyer crossfit games athlete turned health
0: and fitness geek i'm also into health and nutrition a more recent crossfit games athlete co-owner of tactic nutrition and former engineer we are here to have fun engaging conversation about some of our favorite topics including nutrition health coaching, motivation, and of course, CrossFit. Our goal is to give
1: you something to think and talk about and hopefully make you laugh along the way.
0: Hey, Alex. Meredith. Welcome back. It's been a while. It has been a while. I feel like we say that on every podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, life yeah. is busy. Um, What's new? Give me the, like, the 20-second update.
1: 20 seconds. Well, I just completed the open third workout and looking forward to quarterfinals in
0: two weeks. Cool. I mean, that was like eight seconds. Okay. But that's good. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, we're also, we've watched the entire like third season of formula one drive to survive on Netflix in like a weekend. <laughs> No.
1: Yeah. The the entire season. Yeah. We had seen the previous two seasons before.
0: Yeah. I said third season. Okay.
1: I was just, I got confused.
0: Yeah. I mean, but like I could probably watch all three seasons again. Well, we've seen season one twice. Yeah. That's a good point.
1: And then season two once. And then most recently season
0: three. And then we just
1: watched the race today, which, which was, was exciting. I loved it.
0: Yeah. Cause it's like, I know, like, you know, all the drivers now and like, you know, a little bit about the sport and I love cars and it's actually fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like, you're in the, like in the, you have the cockpit view and like, you're hearing the guys talk and you're like, Oh, I know that. Per- I know that guy from Netflix. Yeah. Like and you like have like your Netflix. favorites. Yeah. Who's your favorite? Um, well, I really, I want, um,
1: Daniel Ricardo to do well. Mm-hmm. Cause I've always, he was like one of my first fans I, I was a fan of his right from the game. He might be a fan of yours. Um, you never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then Perez, because he got kicked off a team, got picked up by Red Bull, and I just wanted to like crush the team that's now Aston Martin. Aston Martin, yeah, yeah. I also like Pierre Gasly because he had a rough go, and I have a soft spot for him.
0: Yeah, he'll do well. I think. Who's your favorite? Um, well, I like I just like the Red Bull team. Mm-hmm. I like both the Red Bull teams, and obviously, Danny Ricardo. Who was with oh, Danny. Daniel? Danny. Daniel? I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't actually know why I just said Danny. <laughs> like, I know him. <laughs> we'll call him Danny, though. I bet he goes by Danny. Or Dan. Um, Dan. I, he, I bet he goes by Danny. And uh, okay. I'm going to look that up. So I like him. And uh, it's weird. I like, I like the Aston Martin team, like, just because I like Aston Martin cars. Okay. But I'm not a particular, like, I don't really like lance stroll and like even though he's like the, he's the only
1: canadian but he's just yeah he's he like, didn't get painted in a very good picture in the first season and the the whole history with that team has kind of been interesting and yeah. shady
0: yep so it'll but. be interesting i like their cars because they're like darker. and then there
1: was the whole thing last season where they they were being accused of somewhat copying Cheating. yeah
0: because they thought they had ripped off the mercedes design yeah. since all the cars are supposed to be uh bespoke yeah yeah but it sure does get my adrenaline going Mm -hmm. it's like a really if you ever like it's a really good pre-workout yeah because
1: we were watching the pre-race show before i went to go do my workout this morning yeah and i was like on edge and i'm like i don't know if i'm on edge from like the race about to start or going and doing 21.3 and 0.4 because
0: it's like it's it's all it's a very similar like you can imagine right having been competitive in a number of sports that like you're watching the pre-race and these guys are doing their formation lap and their car. And they're like, they're putting their head thing on and like, they just look steely. Like like they're in the zone. Yeah. And it's like, ah, I know that feeling where like, there's a ton of nerves. Like anyone in that situation is like, you have a ton of nerves. There's no, no way not to, but it's like, you're trying to find a way to like productively channel that energy and it's intense. I think what's
1: interesting about this sport is obviously these guys are competitive and
0: want to do well as individual
1: athletes, but at the same time, the amount of pressure that they have on themselves from their team, like they have a huge amount of people relying on them in that moment. Yeah. And not to mention, like not to say that they don't rely on their team, but like they are, they're in, they're in the driver's seat
0: yeah and there's Literally. all there's like all these engineers like the the managers the the pit crew yeah. who like that's sit there a, and watch the race yeah like, and like that's a the crazy thing about formula one and like pit crew and other sports is like that's their sport right like pit crew members they're not driving the, their car mm-hmm. like they're not driving the car but they're still playing the game yeah they still do a sport and their sport is I changed the right front tire. Yeah. And they have to be the best at it in order to get on a pit crew for Formula 1 and it makes such a like it's so pivotal. It's so yeah. important for the It's intense. Yeah. It's pretty crazy.
1: And I just like learning about the the guys and I like the politics of this, you know, the contracts and who switched team, who's switching teams and
0: Yeah, it's all very incestuous. Very interesting. Plus I think the longer we watch it and stay into it, like the more likely it is maybe like a few years down the road where I'm like, Hey Alex, I, um, I found this like Porsche and, uh, okay. No, (laughs) I feel like it's like, if I'm like, yeah, I don't want this like super fast car. You're like, maybe you'd be more, no, no? why not?
1: There's a difference between like being a fan of a sport and like doing it or like doing it half ass. I mean, nobody like my dad had a Porsche. And there's not even that many days in Calgary where you can just, like, enjoy driving it around. Yeah, First Calgary's of all, the, the roads best. are horrible because it gets so snowy and cold that, like, I mean, you've driven my truck around. You've hit one. Like, there's potholes everywhere. Yeah. They're more noticeable in the trucks. It has no suspension. <laughs> but, like, a Porsche isn't going to, you know, take those. I don't
0: know. There's, like, there's an, like, Calgary's a weird city, though, because when it's summertime, you see all these cars come out, like, like lamborghinis ferraris not that many it's more than
1: like raleigh but they're not like ripping around calgary roads no they're like they're just showing off yeah or like driving the to mountains. Do, like the mountains like the
0: roads going west are perfectly fine yeah to get out of the city that's where it's not fun to drive any nice car around in the city you have no. to get away from the city
1: we so. did take my dad's Porsche to banff that one time
0: yeah it was fun. it was enjoyable yeah you mm-hmm. drove it because i don't know how to drive stick Yeah. I mean, that's like, I don't know how you get to be 31 and not know how to do that, but that's fine. (coughs) But anyways, Anyways. maybe, maybe that's like five year goal. Mm. Get a Aston Martin or a Porsche. Yeah. But, um, I have been putting the Audi in like dynamic mode more lately.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Which is why you're speeding all the time. And (laughs) And I have to tell you to slow down. It's just
0: like drinking gasoline. (laughs) (laughs) I'll stop. I'll stop. It'll go back in auto. Thank you. I didn't realize that you were wasting our money. I'm yeah, I'm not, I'm kidding. It's enjoyable. It's an experience anyways. Um, I guess it's like going, you're, so you're done the open. I'm not done the open yet. I'm not really doing the open, doing the equipment for you open, but, um, how does it feel to be done? Presumably you'll be moving on to the next stage. Mm As long as your, your video is good, which I think it is. Yeah. You want to tell me, tell us about your open experience to this point. I mean, it
1: was fine. I, like, did it on Sunday mornings, trained through as much as I could. My back was pretty much broken after 21.2. Not broken, but just extremely sore to the point where I couldn't really bend over. So I didn't really train Monday or Tuesday after.
0: You're, like, the open workouts for you are the last the last session before a rest day. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, like, bug you at all? You wish you could do it first and do better? Or-
1: <sighs> I. Part of me like used to want, I used to want to do them on Fridays just to get them over with. So I've always, most years I do one and done. So I like to get them over with and then have like a weekend of training where I don't have to worry about it. I'm not sure why my coach put them on Sunday.
0: Well, I think there's a lot to learn from people as you go.
1: Yeah. Like the, so the first week I learned a lot. I think a lot of people had to repeat that week because they weren't aware of the standards. Um, having both feet on the wall before you move your hands on a wall walk so knowing that before i did it on sunday morning was very helpful yeah and then um i guess having an idea of like how long it's gonna take yeah is
0: nice um and there are some people who are putting up videos now like it used to be very very like hush hush like yeah. no one disclosed scores and now like i mean i'd still say like most people kind of wait but you know there's people like like noah has been putting his video up like you see you can see start to finish for some like pretty good people and it's beneficial i think to watch watch and learn and like this year there's such a large percentage moving on to quarterfinals that like you don't necessarily need to do the open workout right after a rest day like you can make it your final session and do like good enough yeah exactly when it actually matters there's more in the tank totally so which is good information to have in your pocket. I think some people's egos struggle with that concept a bit. Yeah. not. I think your...
1: overall I was happy
0: that I did it.
1: Yeah. Cause I any... wasn't going to, but
0: yeah, that was like a last minute decision. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, It's good to kind of see your name up on the leaderboard and see you're kind of in the mix.
0: And you don't totally suck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you don't, you know, you train alone all the time. Yeah. I have no idea if I'm good or not anymore.
0: I mean, I know you're good. I tell you you're good all the time. Yeah, but you tell me I'm pretty and all these things. And I'm like... Are you lying? (laughs) You never know. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. The quarterfinals would be in a couple weeks. And then semifinals.
1: Yeah. Two bad things happened, though. The first first week... So my wall walks, I thought were pretty good. But, like, you're moving at a decent speed. I finished the workout. And submitted my video. Because I'm not an affiliate. So I have to, like, put my video up on... leaderboard you mean we haven't affiliated the basement yet no and um i got dinged 18 seconds for not meeting the standard on a couple reps yeah which it's like it's fair like there were a couple like i think simultaneous i moved my hand as my foot was touching yeah it wasn't necessarily super clear which fine what i don't understand (laughs) is why they're wasting their time and by they, you mean? CrossFit. Okay. Giving 18-second penalties to somebody who's in 200th place. Like, I guess, whatever. But it's like, okay, I don't... I mean, I part of it is like, I don't even know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the rules are. Whose videos are they reviewing? Because I saw some videos ahead of mine that weren't as nice as
0: mine. Yeah. And well, you're they like didn't get pretty- their scores
1: adjusted because I looked. Yeah.
0: You're a pretty good mover, usually. Like, you're as far as standards go, you probably... Like you probably lose a lot of time not pushing standards at all. Where I think some people ride that line a little bit more. So so I of- sent a video to CrossFit, a video or, or email? an email,
1: re- responding back because they said if you have any questions or concerns, please respond. So I did, and in a nice way, I just said I'm curious as to like whose video, like are you reviewing all the videos like in the top two hundred? What what's the deal here? Are you requesting videos from people at affiliates? Like just because I want to know. Mm-hmm. No response. Hmm. I think people just go in and review whatever videos they want and they're authorized to make pet, like give penalties. I mean, there's no rules. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe they're operating by rules, but we don't know what they are.
0: Yeah. There's a rule book for sure, but like, you don't know how the rule book is being applied. Exactly. Yeah. So anyways, watching
1: F1 recently kind of made me feel a little bit better because apparently CrossFit's not the only sport (laughs) where penalties are applied in a non-subjective fashion
0: yes yeah there's I guess some shenanigans there's some shenanigans where they're not enforcing their own rules or you know there's gray area and like you see it in all sports as soon as you allow subjectivity and as soon as you allow gray area mm-hmm. like it's competitive so people are going to take advantage of that gray and they're like oh you're you're not gonna you're not gonna enforce this boundary well I'm I'm gonna push the boundary and like any good i won't say any good competitor would do that but like it's hard to not to not watch the formula one stuff and see lewis hamilton doing that frequently Mm -hmm. and also winning the most and then you see like like max verstappen who wasn't doing that and he almost won but didn't and so it's sort of frustrating like you know in that case like in in crossfit it's it's not really costing anyone much of anything it's like it's not costing you any money like it hurts the ego, maybe it's confusing because there's there's a little bit of uh, transparency issue there. But you could argue like in instances like that where they're like in Formula One where they're not enforcing a penalty on somebody while they're making it over and over and over and again, like that probably cost Max like I don't know a couple hundred thousand dollars at least, yeah, million dollars if he would have won. Mm-hmm. So it, I'm sure is is much more frustrating for them. But it's it's frustrating frustrating as a competitor I think whenever it happens but it's like it just
1: it doesn't seem like a very valuable use of their time to be implementing like 18 second penalties to somebody who finished like I'm I guess it's the first week but also at the same time like if they're so worried about me getting in the top 10 which is what the goal is in the open top 10 percent top 10 percent yeah they should be they what they should really be doing is reviewing the people on the bubble. Cause those are the people that it matters. Mm-hmm. Not me. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if I'm in two hundredth or three hundred hundredth. I mean, it doesn't.
0: Because you're still gonna be in the top.
1: Exactly. 10. It just I don't know. So, anyways, the second bad thing is realizing that although I still train pretty hard, like I don't take it as seriously as I once did. And I put in a damn good effort on those workouts, just like I do in every workout. I get thumped. (laughs) And now it's not by like, you know, Tia or... I mean, you do still get thumped by Tia. Emma, Claire. It's not, I said, it's not only. Okay. But it's like 16, 15 year olds. Right. And I'm like, wow.
0: But it does make me feel better that they've been doing CrossFit for about as long as I have. It's the same (laughs) amount of time. Like... Justin Medeiros is 21 and we started CrossFit in the same year. So it's like, okay, relax. <laughs> they just like kind of were still growing up while yeah. we were. Yeah. I think that's an interesting. Like, the, like...
1: the girl who's winning after the second week,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Emma Carey. I learned today she just, she started CrossFit when she was 10. Yeah. She's almost 17. So that's 17 years. Seven. Sorry, seven years, which is I've been doing it for like eight. Mm-hmm. So I'm like,
0: it's not that impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess her development as an adult is impressive. Like most kids don't develop that quickly to a point where they can, you know, be achieving like specifically the weightlifting, I guess, but like seven years into CrossFit, focusing on it competitively for like however many years she has, like you should, it makes sense. Like not going to say that you should be good because I think it takes a lot to be good and be at the top, but like, it's not a surprise. No, it's really not like,
1: and not, not to take anything away from somebody who's 16 and who's crushing it, but also it's just different now for these young athletes.
0: Yeah. I think it's like our, our generation. and I'm like going to sound really old when I say, when I'm talking about our generation, but I think the, like the 2014 to 2018 games, athletes, a lot of them were like retired collegiate athletes who are kind of finding their second wind. And like, you know, maybe they find CrossFit in their early twenties and they start competing in CrossFit in their mid twenties or late twenties and, you know, competing at a high level. I mean, um, and that's kind of what you got. Like you, you get these athletes who have a ton of life experience. They have a ton of competitive experience in other sports. Um, you know, they're, they're athletes when where maybe they're, you know, even people who are not athletes, but have, you know, different experience. Like I think Alexis has been open about the fact that she wasn't a, mm-hmm. a particularly athletic person. Uh,
1: but like Camille was a gymnast, like Talena was a sp- sprinter or something. Yeah, like
0: Jen, Jen Smith is a track and field athlete. Yeah. Like even Brooke, who's real, who's pretty young is a track and field athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just, you get, you were getting a lot of ex athletes and now like Rich was
1: baseball and football.
0: So has Ben. Yeah. yeah. Um, Christian Harris, like the list goes on, right? Like all these, all these athletes played sports and now you're getting the younger generation who like their, their sport is CrossFit. Like Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's kids who are starting it at nine, 10 years old. Like, you know, they're not coming from a, an organized sports background. And so you're just seeing them advance really quickly to a very high level. Like it wasn't, like before you know the the kind of surge of teenage athletes this year there weren't like there weren't a lot of teenage athletes who were cracking the top 50 or top 100 there were a handful like Haley has been around for a bit now um you know she's just kind of an alien like that and then like Lauren Fisher was kind of the first um young athlete but again she she was back in like 2014 where like her maybe her her early exposure to CrossFit and, you know, whatever her athletic background was kind of lent itself. But it was also like, it was way easier to like compete in 2014 than it is, than it is now. And so, um, yeah, I feel like there's just this huge, there's this big change coming this like kind of hand, like this handoff, like generation to generation, like the, uh, Paul Tremblay calls it the, the old guard, like our generation. (laughs) And I, I just feel like we're just getting pushed, just like, but we're also like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> kind we're kind of like, Ooh, it's not really worth it.
1: Yeah, like we see it for what it is.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a lot of work, number one, <laughs> yeah. and it's like really effing hard. and it doesn't actually
1: provide that much. Yeah, in return.
0: Yeah, that's like my my <sighs> I'm gonna like try to like like we said try to not be on our high horse about this because everyone's experience in life is, is going to be different regardless of the path that you choose to go down. But I loved playing a lot of different sports as a kid. Like I played soccer, I played basketball, softball, swam, ran, rode bicycles, like you name it, I did it. And you had a similar experience, I think when you were younger and then we both kind of specialized, like when you, you should specialize, I think, um, but I never stopped playing other sports. Like even when I was a like, quote unquote, like swimmer, I still played, I played soccer. Like I was on, I I did travel soccer. I was on high school team. Like, you know, I played a lot of sports and I have some, like some of my best memories came from that. And like academics are always super important and going to college was super important. And um, I guess I just like, I am struggling in this moment to see what the long-term payoff is.
1: Yeah. I try to, I try to think of it as like, there are many, many, many athletes all around the world playing sports and specializing at a very young age, eight, six, in some cases, probably even younger. And when they get to the, like when they're 12, like you look at China, Or Russia, and they have these extremely young athletes excelling. I don't actually know what their lives are when they're 20. I don't know what that's like for them. I can't imagine it's great. Because, like, you grow up without a a normal... Not that there's a normal, but it's a very extreme experience. Yeah. And it seems... But I will say that there is a more of a purpose behind that. And there's like the Olympics. Yeah. And the fact that you're, you know, representing your, your country, you're, um, playing a sport that is legitimized. Yeah. I don't think CrossFit is there yet, but you have all these athletes starting at super young and investing all of their time and getting homeschooled and putting, education and socialization on the back burner Mm -hmm. and even as we've talked about before like the whole relationship with food thing is becoming a little bit concerning for something that isn't anything really yeah it seems like a
0: like maybe it will be one day it's hard to say like right now it's a bit of a gamble I think to to invest in it from a like from an athletic development standpoint and it's um you know, it's, it, it's, I get it. It's super fun to do. Like I was, I was there when I was a little bit younger. Like I, and I still love it. Like it was really fun to like advance and get good and compete. And like, it's, it's fun to do, but like kind of understanding how childhood development works and the brain works. And we've talked about this on the macro episode. Um, you can't put a lot of faith in the decision-making process of kids. And like that, and you're a kid until you're 20, from a brain development standpoint. And so, just because a kid really, really wants to do something because they really, really like it, like that kid is not able to even to process or understand the long term consequences of making that decision. Yeah. And so it's it's the job of the parents and the adults in the room to at least paint in some perspective.
1: What I'm seeing from at least my experience in ski racing and golf and um other sports that I have friends in like you know hockey players basketball players uh football players you see it and the education part of it is is almost being more prioritized. Like with ski racing, it was never a thing that like people went to school after high school. Like you, there's so much traveling required in ski racing that your high school education gets put on the back burner. Like people wouldn't graduate until they were done skiing and then they'd have to go back to high school.
0: They get like a GED.
1: Or not, like they would just wouldn't have anything and mm-hmm. then they they weren't educated. Now it's like high school education is prioritized, prioritized or specific sports schools, at least one of them in Calgary that a lot of these ski racers go to. And then after that, the like NCAA circuit is a lot more, developed than it used to be so a lot of these people at least from the Europe, europe canada and the u.s are being funneled through ncaa like before, into a university into a university they get their education ski and that's just like football or basketball mm-hmm. and then they go to the world cup if they're good enough yeah but crossfit it's like there are kids who are getting homeschooled from the time that they were like freshman's in, in yeah, like ninth grade so you're missing that whole like that import that socialization and like how like, good is your schooling and then what about university
0: mm-hmm. is that gonna happen well not all universities like it depends on the homeschool program but it does make it much more difficult to get into a like a decent university if you're not yeah. going through a traditional high school like you just have to score like out of this world on SATs and like is it actually necessary in CrossFit?
1: is it is it that competitive and is there that much to gain to invest that
0: much of your life into it i don't know it i it used to to not be like you could definitely do it part-time and by part-time i mean i still think you can get four hours of training in and like go to university or go to school or like have a job i have yeah for sure yeah i mean you did it i did it but i think now the trend is Like all these people are saying, oh, I get, you know, I train for six hours a day or I train for six, eight hours a day. And it's like, I mean, we've talked about this. No one trains for six hours a day. You spend six hours a day in a gym. Like it's easy to burn six hours in a day in a gym. How much are you actually training? Maybe four, maybe. And so four is, yeah, four is a lot. Yeah. That would be like a two hour, like weightlifting metcon session. Yeah. Four would be a lot. Let's call it three like two two and a half even if you're cooking is like a
1: good a long session two and a half and then the second session even for like elite athletes is usually uh, like maybe an a, a aerobic portion yeah where you're rowing intervals or something like that or you're doing a longer duration metcon. yeah But it's never going to be another session where you're doing weightlifting, which is what takes the most time. Yeah. You're not going to be doing a whole session with like gymnastics or multiple pieces. Like it's just unlikely. It's these people are just wasting time. Yeah. Or they're, they're taking 30 minutes in between each portion of their workout. Maybe that helps optimize each portion.
0: Maybe that, maybe it also means their training just isn't very well designed. Yeah. Which could be also the case. Um, yeah. So it's, it's it seems like the, the, get, it's, it's giving up a lot. I think a lot of people are giving up a lot and they don't even realize, um, you know, cause we most, like most collegiate athletes, like even people who go to the NFL and the NBA, like most of those guys are completing their, de- their degrees first. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's the odd, like, you know, if you're very good and you're likely to go first round in the draft, maybe you curtail your University degree and go a year early. But, and they used to, like, the NBA used to allow you to go to the NBA MBA right out of high school, and they stopped doing that. So now there's a collegiate requirement. And I think the same is the, the NFL is the same requirement. And uh, I think baseball is the only big one that doesn't require that. So you can go straight from, uh, and that's just because they're, like, the minor league feeder system works different. But you go straight from high school to minor leagues to, but still, like, you have to play in high school you can't play baseball being homeschooled Mm -hmm. you have to play in high school you have to go to high school in order to be on a team you have to maintain grades like I think there's a lot of value in in going that route and it's just crazy to me that like you know I was never an athlete that was going to get a a scholarship um, to a university but I would have you know I would have loved that and I know I, I've heard a handful of stories of kids giving up scholarships for universities to do CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe it's just my, my super adult brain is just like, why? You know, why? Like, I know, like the most valuable thing I've ever done is university and my degree in my, the career that I had. That's the most valuable thing I've ever done. CrossFit does not even like I don't know it. I had like a childhood dream and it was to go to the Olympics.
1: Okay. And like any kid who plays a sport, I feel like wants to go to the Olympics. Oh, Of course. But like CrossFit is like, I want to go to the CrossFit Games. But like they don't know that the CrossFit Games is nothing. It's like I want to do the Spartan Championships. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no one even knows what that is. Like actually <laughs> people don't know what that is. Everyone knows the Olympics. You're representing your country.
0: Yeah. It's you don't, a fixture. You don't
1: have to pay taxes. Yeah. It's crazy. But like that, it doesn't, ex- it, it's, ah, it's just, I'm not saying it's wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just
1: thinking about it from my, as from, as a 31 year old who plays has played sports and done CrossFit. Like I've always prioritized my education and I, I did well enough in sports. Um, prioritizing both which I think is absolutely 100% doable for most sports Mm -hmm. um I have I have skied with people who had tunnel vision and their parents allowed them as I mentioned to like not complete high school and they ended up in their 20 they kind of stuck around with skiing or whatever for as long as they could and they ended up like and just not like I, I guess it was their decision. Yeah. But I wonder how many of them look back and they're like, "Damn it." Yeah. Had had I just like, had I managed my time a little bit better, and prioritized a couple other things, I wouldn't be left with nothing. Yeah. Like sport, sport is great, and it's great to really invest a lot of time into if you really love it, and there's something to gain. But when you don't, if you don't have to, why put all your eggs in one basket, I guess is all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, because there's other like I kind of compare CrossFit to like uh, a sport like swimming where there that your financial opportunities are just very limited. Like unless you're um, winning gold medals at the Olympics year after year, like you're you're not going to make a ton of money swimming, even like being top one percent. And so I think that's part of the reason why like that sport funnels through the university program and, um, that at least it does a couple things. Like the best coaches in the country are at universities, Mm -hmm. um, like the Olympic coaches are at universities. It encourages athletes to pursue university degree. Uh, the best swimming programs are schools like Stanford and, um, you know, Indiana and, um, so not only like, you know, as a, as a, an athlete coming through high school <clears throat> that not only, okay, I want to swim with this coach in college because he's, um, you know, head of, he's a head coach with the, uh, team USA Olympic team. This coach also, like he coaches at Stanford. So now like, you know how incredibly difficult it is to get into Stanford, even as an athlete. So now you're, you're aspiring to not only be the best swimmer that you can be, but also be like, a plus, you know, 6.0 GPA student because, you know, you have to do that in order to get what you want. Um, and I like that about, about Olympic sports that exist in at the university level, because it's so important, I think, to provide kids, not only with, um, an opportunity to compete at a very high level, but also an opportunity to get an extremely valuable degree that will serve them after they are done competing in that sport. Cause like, you know, what do you do when you're done crossfitting? Do you open a gym? Like, do you like what's the you what start happens? A
1: programming company,
0: but like, you can kind of see the direction the industry is going. Like that, that market is becoming so saturated, and yeah. there's all of these big players who are already in it. So it's like how, you know, maybe there's there's one or two people per year who can push through the crowds, maybe because they're actually very good at it or they have exceptional marketing people and establish a brand that people want to buy into for programming. But like, what are you left with?
1: Yeah, I think you make a good point about swimming in that it's not a very lucrative sport from a financial standpoint. So it it naturally funnels people towards university because it's like, hey, I'm not, I'm gonna invest all my time in swimming. I'm not really gonna get any money about it. I better have a backup plan. Yeah. Uh, if you take hockey, for example, or these like really good baseball players or basketball players and they maybe they get drafted
0: like who's
1: that Zion?
0: Oh, from yeah.
1: Like he's so good. Uh-huh. He's so good that it's like and in such a competitive sport, like a worldwide just like this huge sport of basketball, which every kid is playing. Mm hmm and he's like the best. And he's what? 18.
0: Zion was drafted I think when he was 19. 19 he freshman one year at Duke. Yeah. So it's
1: like all right. Makes sense that like it's worth it for you maybe not to play university anymore. Mm-hmm. You're going to be making big bucks like I get that maybe putting off your education is not a bad idea. Yeah. Hockey same thing. You get somebody who coming up who's 18 and they're probably going to make it into the NHL or have a really good shot, like that's big bucks. Like you get into the NHL and it's so competitive. It's probably worth putting your education off to the side to really hone Mm -hmm. in. CrossFit, it's not that competitive. Mm -hmm. There's not even that many people doing it. So it's like, and you're not making money. So I'm like, I don't understand why CrossFit is going in the direction of these huge sports that are extremely lucrative. Mm -hmm. And you see it from like older athletes, like quitting their jobs. Or not pursuing, like, a career after their education for many years. and I'm like, but why?
0: Yeah. Like, do something. Like, I guess
1: I get it. Follow your dream. Like, totally do it. But I guess I'm not that type of person. Yeah. Like, follow your dream if your dream is going to provide for you. Don't (laughs) let your
0: dreams be dreams. (laughs) I'm, like, thinking of that. Uh, Have you seen the motivational speech by Shia LaBeouf? No. Okay, I'll pull it up for you later. That's Um, great.
1: It just, like, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's, I, sport is so weird. Yeah, it's super weird. And the thing about it, like, I love CrossFit, don't get me wrong, of course, and it's brought so many things for me. Mm -hmm. But the whole thing exists on social media.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say, is is there's just, there's not enough money in it from, like, from prize money. There aren't big-name sponsors. Like, there just aren't. Even the Reebok contract with CrossFit, originally the 10-year one, was, like, chump change it was yeah and you know the the noble thing like that's not a a ton of money like it's unless you unless it's like you know the crossfit games brought to you by mercedes like that's now we're talking money right the crossfit games brought to you by fedex like that's big money um so what you do is it pushes athletes to pursue income opportunities outside of the sport Mm mm-hmm and it forces athletes actually. Yeah. Cause in order to, to do it full time, quote unquote, as in not having a, a full time job, you have to be making money somewhere. So it's, it's now you're making money on social media. Like you're, you're actually, you're a professional influencer who does CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it is. And it's, it has to be that way. Yeah. And it's not to like, you can make a ton of money on, on Instagram, but you have to be willing, like be willing to play that game. And the athletes who are not willing to play that game. And there are a few of them who are you know, who, who are good. Um, but they just, you know, they, they don't stand out on social media cause they don't, they don't do the Instagram thing. But and like, imagine
1: trying to get into university or get a job and then, and they're like, well, what have you been doing for the last five years? Like you're 24. Influencing. And it's like, oh, um, I, I, I did CrossFit. I did all these like regional competitions and I have 200,000 followers on my Instagram.
0: It's like, like you may so? as well just said, I rollerblade. <laughs> like It doesn't, what,
1: there's no, there's not, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't get it.
0: Yeah. I don't get it. I just, I, I'm not the type of person who ever puts all of my eggs in one basket. Like I spread my eggs out. Especially when the basket might have a hole in the bottom of it. Yeah. Um, and it's just like CrossFit right now. It's a private company. Like you're playing, you're playing by a, you know, it's not they're The, the, the judge and the jury like they you know the organization gets to decide the rules and how the game is played and um I do like I honestly believe that in a few years as the ecosystem kind of grows I think the sport has room to grow and I think the right people are at the helm now to allow that to happen I just I do not right now anyways believe that it's going to be financially viable as a professional sport for the number of people who treat it as a professional sport for at least 10 years. Yeah. And also
1: the life, I guess we'll see how these athletes develop, but the lifespan of the sport is short.
0: Oh, because as far as it's, com- competitive years. It's so intense. What would you say? Like, is there's the- no, there's no off season. No, that's the, that's like the these mad guys part. are,
1: and that's why, that's why like Matt's done because he's like, this thing is insane mm-hmm. on my, it's on bad on my body. Like Rich Froning, like his knees are effed <laughs> up. Like, yeah, he's a great CrossFitter, but like, he's kind of broken. Yeah. And it's Chris Spieler, same thing. Like, and I
0: think like, it's not to say that CrossFit is inherently unsafe, but no, any no no anything like any sport performed at a very high level for a long time is gonna take a toll. It's it's like even in
1: speed skating, like any sport like that, but when you're not even making that much money, say you, you do it for eight years. Mm-hmm. You're not really making enough money in CrossFit in eight years to be fine after that. Whereas yeah. like if you play eight years of football. Yeah. Then maybe you're good. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I don't. I, I don't really like, know, know the numbers. Eight-year like, football is a lot. <laughs> I think about
1: like CrossFit games. You, you win what two hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Is that the prize money if you win? Yeah. So if you won six years in a row, you would make one point five million. Yeah, that's not even that much money. No, like it is in the in the moment, but like you're not gonna like be fine like retiring and being good to go. Yeah,
0: like what's if that you average that out with your income in the the following six years, the following twelve years? Yeah. Now what are we looking at for average income? probably not that much and it's unlikely that okay i won't say unlikely it's uh yeah i'll say unlikely it's unlikely that a lot of that money doesn't get spent no and it's it's taxed immediately at Mm -hmm. a very high rate especially when you were winning in california um so yeah longevity
1: yeah it's just it's we always and i'm not i'm not sitting here and saying no one should you know do crossfit competitively that is absolutely not what i'm saying i'm just thinking critically
0: yeah dissenting Mm -hmm. as lawyers tend to do yeah Yeah, i just think there's there's always more if you just can take a step back there's always more to it there's more there like a little perspective is important i think um i worry like when i look at the, the teenagers coming up like who knows, like, I don't know what the longevity of athletes are when they start doing this shit at 14, 15, 16. I don't know. Maybe it'll be fine. I have no idea. It probably depends on more, you know, who's doing the programming. How are they training? Like, is it intelligently done? I'm sure if it is intelligently done, like there's going to like, maybe they can age and be fine. I think I worry more about the, like the social pressure and, you know, the effect of, they're already doing like all these studies on the effect of social media on the teenage brain. And it's like, alarming Mm -hmm. so you like there's all I mean I'm I'm
1: sorry I keep interrupting you but I'm impacted by social media mm -hmm. and I'm 30 Mm -hmm. like I get I get caught up in it like I like I'm losing followers very slowly because I'm just not as active on social media I'm not really doing much like as an athlete yeah and it's like
0: frowny face like a little bit Mm
1: -hmm. no one likes me (laughs) but like I don't tie all my value to that but some of these people that's all they have
0: yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to not get wrapped up in it. And it like teenagers already have so much pressure on them, like self-imposed pressure from their peers. Like you had a sport that places an enormous amount of competitive pressure. And also it's like, Hey, by the way, in order to make money doing this, like you have to play this Instagram game and you're, you just, you put yourself out there day after day after day for, you know, like public assessment. And it's scary. You
1: also see with CrossFit. And again, I don't follow a ton of other sports, but you see a lot of body image things happening in this sport, partially, I think, because, um, it is, it does largely exist on social media Mm -hmm. and what you look like is valued on social media but on, oh, like it's you see valued it in society. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And with even some of the other athletes that we've competed against, like they, it's hard not to compare how you look in a, in the sport of, of fitness Yeah, and worry about that. And like, that is such a, like you can believe it or not, but that is a huge part of the sport for every athlete, mm-hmm. female and male.
0: Yeah. If you don't have the look, but like, But even
1: if it's not social media based, it's like you look at your competition and it matters to you. Yeah. I don't have a six pack like this person or this person.
0: Yeah. I mean, even like when I was at my peak, which is probably like 2017, 2018, and like was beating games athletes and like not to toot my own horn, I beat you all the time. Like I just, I was beating you a lot back then, a hell of a lot more than I beat you now. I don't beat you now but like I, I would do that and I would, I would, but I never looked like I, I never looked the way I thought I should look and it. You know, I wasn't super wrapped up in that because I just, I felt awesome at the time and I loved what I was doing, but it was always back there. Right? Like, why don't I have six abs? Like, you know, why, when I take my shirt off, do I not look like Alex? Why, um, you know, why do my legs not look better? It's just like bullshit like that. Like, but like, if you look at the sport, like we walk,
1: we as in most athletes, we're wearing booty shorts and a sport's bra to wit- lift weights. I know. It's like, why?
0: <laughs> it's like, why, why is, why is wearing... this the uniform?
1: Like, like, why is your, why does, does he, do your butt cheeks need to be hanging out wh- when you're climbing a rope that's
0: shredding your legs? Yeah. And the, the answer is, and like, I'm not going to like okay, fine. I'll go there. Like <laughs> if you asked a man to wear something that is as uncomfortable as booty shorts ever, ever, but just to like work out here, work out in this, here's your uniform. They'd be like, no, get the hell out of here. Yeah. But like, there's like, and again, the, the body image stuff exists for both like men and women, but like it is especially exists for women. Cause like you have to put yourself on display like, this is what people exercise in. If I wanted to wear my bicycle shorts to exercise in, I would <laughs> Which I did once and
1: you commented. So
0: I did. They I know were longer running persons. shorts,
1: but it, it is, it's true. It's like, this is, it's created something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's, it's, um, we, we talked about this in 2018 when we were, or 2019 when we were on the demo team mm. and CrossFit, especially then, I think it's changing back to a more legitimate, um, uh, approach with the way that the season is played is, you know, Oh, without the national champions and the, but like when you see an Hunter, what is his McEntire. name? McIntyre. McIntyre as a, a wild card. I'm like, this sport is turning into a spectacle. Yeah. Like you're just tr- trying to drum up attention. Mm-hmm. It's not legitimate. And it, it actually makes the other athletes look worse. It's like,
0: yeah, what we have you Hunter doing? who is, who's, who is, who does another illegitimate sport calling crossfit a joke and it's like okay hey, this is a super bad look
1: and it's like okay fine if you think we're a joke come try that at crossfit games like really is mm-hmm. that going to help you legitimize your sport by like calling out somebody and telling them to just jump in yeah to a sport to a competition that people are putting their lives on hold to try to get into yeah what are you doing <laughs> it's like it's that it's just it's the whole social media game it's for a long time with
0: sanctionals it was a popularity
1: contest like who did you know
0: Yeah. Who can make a phone call and get you into an, to an event? Yep. And then there's people like Carol Ann who's having to do every single qualifier to qualify and she's legit. She's more legit than these people getting invitations. Yep. Yeah. That pissed me off the whole thing. And like, I, I like, I keep having to
1: say this. You don't have to qualify everything you say. I really do love CrossFit. It's given me so much, but at the same time, I'm like, man, take a, like, take a, like a closer look at what you're investing in, please yeah please
0: like you can have fun it can be a fun hobby and you can still be like at an elite level the like the people who win the like iron man world championships they have jobs like there there are tons of elite athletes out there who compete in sport and like have have lives like do you remember watching the the berkeley marathons yeah the the ones i think they're in kentucky or West Virginia, somewhere on the, like the South. That's an
1: insane Netflix documentary. I highly recommend it.
0: But the guy who wins that, um, and it's, it's an absolute, it's just an insane test of endurance. Like one of the most insane endurance tests that's out there. And this guy who, um, he was like the previous winner before, uh, the most like before the documentary was shot. And it's not even like I use the word winner. You, you, become a Berkeley marathon champion simply if you finish it, like that's the criteria. Cause it's so hard to finish. So most people who, who start on it don't. And so <clears throat> I think to that point they had had only like eight people finish it ever. And the most recent guy to finish it was like a PhD f- physicist or something worked at a university. And it's like, you know, the guy just trains endurance. And like, if you think that CrossFit training takes a lot of time, endurance training actually takes a lot of time yeah because you have to be like like outside off your phone like away from civilization for like hours three and to hours. four hours a day yeah maybe longer um yeah i just uh i think it's i don't know i think social media is kind of just ruining the world slowly Like if you're meredith and i talk about this all
1: the time and we talk about this with our friends other crossfitters our like our families if you're out there and you're like, these chicks are wrong, please explain. <laughs> like legit want to know what's going on. Yeah. What is the thought process? And if it's like people just following their dreams, good for them. Like good for them actually. And that's not sarcastic. Yeah. I just like looking at, um, the way people live their lives and it's just interesting, especially when I've been a part of the sport and i S I'm looking at the evolution of it.
0: Yeah. I do think like, um, there's always been like, you can look back at like the seventies, like the gold's gym era. Um, like when Arnold was competing, like there's always been gym rats, mm-hmm. like they have always existed and they still exist in traditional gym settings. Like you know, there's the bodybuilders and like, maybe the, the social media thing is a good thing for them. Cause at least it does provide some income. Like mm-hmm. it provides a way to make money, but, um, you know, these are just like a lot of CrossFitters are just, they're like really fit gym rat. They're like actual, like they have fitness,
1: but gym rats don't, they don't become gym rats when they're 10 or 12. That's a good point. They're like, they're like, in university they get into it and it's like, um, yeah, I'm just I just want to do this like as my like career. Yeah. That's fine. But like there are ten and twelve year olds who could be extremely like successful professional athletes in a different sport that is maybe more lucrative, or they could be just like really great in academics, but they're putting all of their eggs in CrossFit, which like doesn't offer much. Yeah. And from what I can tell, won't for a long time.
0: Yeah, And that doesn't, that's what, that's what it comes down to. I think there's a fix though. There's like, they can, I think if you start seeing more, like more athletic events show up at the CrossFit games, like the softball toss and things like that, where it actually does benefit you like to have, like it benefits athletes who have an actual athletic background.
1: (laughs) They're going to get there and be like, well, what, what is a throw? Yeah. I remember. I don't know
0: how to throw that. If you haven't, it's actually kind of hard to find the footage, but the 20 I think it was 2013 that had the softball toss. And Jason Kalipa, who I think he played some football, but he was definitely like a gym bro. He definitely wasn't a quarterback. No. <laughs> he threw the softball like straight into the ground. It's And not only that, but like the throwing, he, you his throwing mechanics, you're like, have you ever actually thrown a ball before? Because it's like. Like, it's, do
1: these kids know how to throw a Frisbee? Is that know. like, do you know how to throw a frisbee? Of course. I played like, I kid. feel like most kids should be able to throw a frisbee. I have a feeling some of these kids don't. Do
0: you remember? Okay. So this is, I'm going to go way back,
1: but that could be partially just like a, gen- a, uh, generation thing. Kids they, aren't getting outside as much.
0: Do they do physical fitness tests still? And, and do, did you ever do the fi- like physical fitness tests in elementary school? No, and- we had to do the beat test. Oh my God. Yeah. That was part of it. Yeah. There was like the beep test and then there was one mile run. There were like max sit-ups. Um, we did. What kind of school did you go to? Like a military school? No, it it was just part of the, like we did it every year. Like it was just a physical fitness test. For what? Gym class? No, it wasn't even part of gym class. It was like it was like part of your schooling. And so, <laughs> you know, and like, it was like flexed arm hang, max dead hang, max pull ups. Um, and then you could get a like presidential fitness award at the end of the year. And so they like, there's always award ceremonies at the end of the year for like academics and this and that. And, um, you know, if you were your, if you got a, a the presidential physical fitness award, you got that award. I'm thinking maybe they got rid of that. Cause like, not I think like it, like, I'm not sure that that's a great thing to reward. But anyways, I got it every year, in case you're wondering. <laughs> I actually had the school record for a flexed arm hang for a bit for girls. That sounds hard. How long did you hold for? Like over a minute. Wow. Yeah. That's I should, impressive. I should actually test that now. But I was like a little bit small for my age and that helps. Um, I don't know why I was telling that story. I completely blanked. Oh, it's um, but it was a way like it encouraged activity and encouraged like you know athleticism and i don't know do they i just i I don't know if that kind of thing exists anymore like i i think about recess and stuff and i'm
1: like that stuff was fun do kids still do that i don't know we used to play like but i also didn't like i am also horrible with computers so
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a pretty important skill that i wish i had We used to play, like, they would let us play dodgeball in PE. Yeah. And oh, yeah, with the pink balls. Oh, my God. And you get, like, slapped, and the <laughs> the pattern from the ball would just, like, stay on your body, I like, on your face.
1: Played, when I recently played, when I was in my articling year, we went for our, like, final year-end party to that gymnastics gym, mm-hmm. and it was really fun, but there was a, a specific dodgeball, like, room, and it had netting and, like, a spot in the middle, and um, trampolines and stuff. And I got they use the foam balls now. Lame. But I got nailed in the nose and started bleeding. I'm (laughs) like, I am I'm twenty nine years old. (laughs) I have a nosebleed. (laughs) I have a nosebleed from dodgeball. What am I doing? Yeah. But you know what? I liked it. It brought me back. I know. I used to like And
0: it was from a boy. I don't (laughs) Yeah. That really brings it back. I didn't care like And
1: he didn't care.
0: Nope probably didn't say he was sorry he's like i meant to do that i was just ruthless with dodgeball i don't care if we're friends like i am gonna try to hit you in the gourd like i'm gonna i'm gonna try to hit you in the face yeah and that was my objective there was always a rule like
1: don't go above the shoulders yeah but it was always an accident you can't yeah control those things
0: no because you throw them and they're spinning and they just drift up yeah yeah Good that was times. fun i would like definitely do an yeah. adult dodgeball league. they have those they do mm-hmm. okay i'll look into that but i don't think you use the pink balls Ugh. i think those are like banned now probably i was like um the same balls but smaller that you'd use for a kickball yeah have you ever like whiffed a kickball before yeah that hurts that's bad <laughs> i
1: think, I think about- if i did
0: that now my hip flexor would tear <laughs> yeah, i was like that's one of those things you can get away with yeah. when you're like <laughs> when you're 12 or 13 but you can as a 32 year old if you were to do that you would break like something would dislocate I remember running
1: so fast playing soccer once there was like it was super windy we were out in this field like in the northwest super windy and I started going really fast because I had a tailwind of course and I basically like was going so fast I'm like I'm gonna go into the ground in a minute
0: <laughs> your body can't keep up <laughs> do you with you ever your do legs? that? yeah
1: and I like just stuck my leg out and like stopped myself and I'm like i i remember that so vividly if i tried to do that today let alone just running that fast Mm -hmm. i would my leg would like go into my body
0: it's like that that clip of you remember watching that thing about bo jackson when he does exactly that and he like he like breaks his pelvis with his own femur (laughs) that would happen that's what that's exactly what would happen and not because I'm strong. No, but because I'm, I'm breakable. <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's different now. It's different above 30. I don't Go know. See.
1: I will say it's cool to watch these young guns come up in the sport just to see what they're accomplishing. Yeah. From like a spectating standpoint, I'm like, Damn. But I'm like, like,
0: holy moly. I'm glad I'm like going more towards the spectator (laughs) side of it now. Yeah, because I'm like, like, I can't compete against that. I want no part of that. I will never lift what they're lifting. I'm
1: actually trying to just maintain my like, yeah, what I've ever lifted. It's like, just don't lose any more strength.
0: I can't put clean and jerk videos on the internet anymore. (laughs) Because even if it's above like 200, which I'm like, yes, stoked above 200. I'm like, I can't with that. I'm at the point
1: where it's like, I see in my programming like work to ninety percent. I'm like, do I work off my like my <laughs> best, best ever? ever or like my best most recent? Yeah, because there's like, a big difference. Ninety
0: percent of my best effort is above one hundred percent of my best now. <laughs> so yeah, you have to get creative with percentage work. Yeah, really should be our RPE is a better yeah on the day. I'm like one seventy five is probably good. <laughs> for a back squat yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah.
1: but man it's pretty impressive it's cool to see like how how far
0: you can push the human body from like a fitness strength aspect yeah i do think that crossfit is sort of redefining the limits of no kidding the human body is capable of capable of at like uh like concurrently Mm -hmm. like it's there's obviously like there's there's phenomenal like um you know, Kipchobe, like the, the sub two marathon, like, that's amazing. But it's like, it's cool to see, okay, what can a human body lift? How fast can the human body run? Like how good, like all of these different, how many pull ups
1: they can do strict. Yeah. Like it's, um, like gymnastics
0: capacity. Yeah. I think like what we previously thought was, and it's hard to even define because like all of these, like these tests are kind of being developed as we go along and it's like, It's, I think the best demonstrations of it truly are when we repeat workouts from like 2015, 2016, 2017, because like scores are just getting blown out of the water. Yeah. And I remember 2017. I remember, I remember those scores like on, on 17.1 and just being like, oh my God, like did you see so-and-so went like almost broke nine minutes (laughs) and like now how many people broke nine minutes last week? it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I like, we kind of, uh, have a unique perspective and it like the people in our generation, I think it's sort of like straddling the fence, like, you know, old school CrossFit competition, you know, and you still have your foot on the, like the new school CrossFit competition or on that side of the fence. And it's, I think you're, you're going to see a lot of athletes just kind of slowly like fade away. Um, you know, they'll still be around, but it's like, Is Jin competing anymore? It's like
1: the, um, like you said the other day, the Homer Simpson meme, where he just slowly backs away, (laughs) like into the bush. No one announces retirement anymore. We just like slowly phase out.
0: Yeah. It's like, I'll
1: just like, it's like, you kind of notice they're not on the leaderboard,
0: but also you don't. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'll just like continue to report my whereabouts for (laughs) drug testing. Like, you know, if that's all I have to do to stay in the sport. Yeah. Like, I'll just do that and avoid officially retiring, even though, like, in my own mind. Yeah. I think it's like, there's,
1: there's, it goes, you you compete as an individual, and then you transition into team, (laughs) which we both did. And then maybe you dabble in some, like, individual again, and then you just phase out.
0: Yeah. It's like, all right, this was fun, guys. I, uh, I'll see you guys in Masters in a few years. Yeah. Or not.
1: Yeah, it's super interesting.
0: I think I'm getting back into endurance. That's going to be... I feel it coming and not just because I ran five kilometers today. Okay.
1: Yeah. Meredith suggested doing a 50 kilometer trail run in June, but decided to go with the half 25.
0: I just can't get, I can't get ready for 50 kilometers in three months, 25. And I'm thinking about a marathon in the fall. Yeah. Good timing. Cause
1: if I do, if I end up making it to semifinals, Mm -hmm. that will happen in the summer. And then I would have a few months to get up. Cause I'm like, I'm ready for a half right now,
0: yeah. So really, like three or four more months, and you'll be ready for a full mm-hmm. if you want. Yeah, you're like the type of athlete that can probably go back and forth and like probably run a marathon, and then like okay, I can come back and do some CrossFit. Yeah, it's because as a CrossFitter, I'm just not a strong Cross
1: like athlete. Yeah. So it's like I don't really have that much strength to lose.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of good. Yeah. I think my my street is more of a one way. <laughs> Yeah. Because I think if I actually, if I actually trained for It's like ultra... you didn't
1: train for one week and lost five pounds of muscle. Good job.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, when did you, be- when did you get tiny? And it's like, then like six months later, I'm posting like a video stoked to be snatching 125. <laughs> like, this is going to be my life. You'll see. Yeah. But anywho.
1: I can't, I, like, I, I'm so excited to see the sport in 20 years though. Oh, I know. Just like from like, from just the way the company is. Do
0: you think it'll be around in 20 years? Like honest question. I think so. It's growing. The the projection is. Do you think the sport will ever exist outside of the company? And I mean fully I, outside.
1: I was inclined to say that when sanctionals were a thing. Um we're going to have to see this year. It yeah. seems like it's just going back into like CrossFit games is the the be all and end all of CrossFit everything. Which is crazy because, like, I think you actually win more money at other competitions like Dubai. It's possible.
0: But we'll see. I think long-term, like, when I think about the big money sponsorships that are kind of needed, like, you – I always – I don't know why I always think of tennis, but, like, ten or even golf. Like, like you're always going to have the Masters.
1: Well, yeah. Or the U.S. Open. We which have the majors, like the Open, yeah. But maybe you'll have, like, a lot of other stuff that's
0: – Well, there's, like, the PGA Tour. And at every tour stop, there's, you know – hundreds of thousands of dollars, like a million dollar prize for every single tour stop. And the same goes for tennis. The same goes for, um, what's another sport that uses that model. I don't know. Tennis and golf are the big ones. And that's a good comparison because it's a, those are both individual sports, but the big difference there is the, so the PGA and the professional tennis association, those are nonprofit organizations. And so there's no problem like they oversee the, the competitions, like they oversee the the event schedule. and of course, Mercedes and FedEx and like Buick are going to have no problem sponsoring a nonprofit event because they know like there's no conflict. Like, are they going to be okay? Like sponsoring a, like a privately run event? I don't know. Yeah.
1: But that's, that's part of it. That's part of what makes it so interesting.
0: Yeah. So I think if, if like, I think long-term if the sport can exist a little bit more outside of the CrossFit managed ecosystem i think that's when you you could see a lot of money get involved from sponsors like actual sponsors who are not noble Mm -hmm. um yeah but i like i have no idea i don't know that much about like how how professional sports are actually organized and then you'd have to like okay do you have to be carded like do you have amateur and pro like that's how like golf works is you have the amateur tour and then you have pro tour and then you have pro am and like, well, I remember too. Um,
1: remember when there was discussion about like creating an athlete union? Yeah. Well, there is, I know, but like a legitimate one, Yeah. like something where you actually have a say Mm -hmm. like, and it's bigger and it's more people are involved and it's not maybe just like, you know, like 10 people, five people, like that needs to happen. Like athletes need to be involved in the evolution of the sport as well. And I think that partially comes from like it not being a privately owned company.
0: Yeah. Like you can actually lobby. Yeah. So maybe if
1: the athletes push for some growth outside of CrossFit, Mm -hmm. but still be CrossFit, I don't really know. I don't know enough
0: about that to say. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it will be interesting for sure i think they're like crossfit as an organization is much more open to uh evolution and suggestion than they ever have been and i think like i think they
1: realize they have to be yeah given given how much they're they're growing mm-hmm. and there's pressure on them
0: yeah there should from be. me
1: sending emails
0: from alex parker <laughs> hello this is a parker two at yahoo.com <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i would say this is at a parker one because they probably know me better by my instagram
0: I actually like do when I do know people by their Instagram. So
1: do I. We always yeah. call
0: people by their Instagram handles, like cluis. Yeah, yeah. It'd be weird to, to actually like run into her, like, hello, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she listens. You think she listens? Um, no. Okay, I don't. Maybe. Well, f- follow her. We'll take her, and maybe she'll. She's the first female firefighter for Long Beach. Yeah, pretty cool. Meg Reardon's girlfriend, fiance. Yeah. All right. Megatron. Mega. Well, Be- better Megatron. Better known as Megatron. <laughs> Actually. Like the shark. Yeah. Yeah. Um
1: I'm glad we we ended on a high note. <laughs> I was getting a little critical, but
0: Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with dissenting opinions. And no. maybe they'll maybe they're helpful, maybe they're not. But it's our podcast, so it doesn't
1: matter. Yeah, and like we're always open for discussion. So shoot us a DM or email.
0: Yeah. I do love a good debate. Meredith will get in there. I get into the weeds. I get into the weeds. There's the sprinter van arrived. There's this van that parks like in our cul-de-sac. It's one of our neighbors. I don't know what they do. It's two houses down. It's a giant
1: sprinter van. And it's so big that it has a beep when it backs up.
0: And sometimes they get in late, like 9.30 p.m. And so we're like getting ready for bed. (laughs) And all all of a sudden you hear like beep, beep. Beep. and it's like that's one of those noises that just sucks to hear late yeah, at night. yeah i'm like where are we but i'm actually glad that i i didn't know what that was for a long oh. time and so it was bothering me that i didn't know what it was yeah. and then you're like oh it's a sprinter van and i was like oh it's a sprinter van yeah and now it's fine i don't it doesn't bother me. and i always keep anymore. aware of its whereabouts so i i just saw it arrive back home <laughs> alex is the one person neighborhood road watch <laughs> yeah yeah it's all good but um
1: Wait, before we go, tell them the story about the newspapers. The newspapers? What do you mean? Meredith's on this app, neighborhood app, where all the people in the neighborhood can communicate. Oh, next door. Next door. Yeah. And she's like, get this. So I guess people were reporting that there's creepy people, like at three in the morning, walking up to different houses. Yeah. But all the same houses every, every They're morning. They're like, so I
0: don't know if this person is like stealing <laughs> packages or getting ready to break in. But like, just so you know, if you live like in this area, like I've seen the guy like three o'clock, three 30 in the morning with, he's got like a flashlight <laughs> and just goes on. And, uh, you know, there's a few people like, yeah, I saw that too. Uh, they've like woken me up. And then one person comments back, they're like, oh yeah, that's the newspaper delivery guy. <laughs> and it was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> which makes sense. because so, yeah, we're staying house. on top of things. Yeah, it's good. I love that app. I love that app. Someone the other day, um, sorry, we're really rambling here. This is a good one too. I didn't tell you about this one. Um, someone the other day posted like, oh, um, you know, the Sobeys pharmacy, this, this, this is, has the, uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine for anybody over 65. Like they have it available. You can walk in and get it. And somebody comments, or not. <laughs> and then basically the entire, like, the comments thread just turned into a conspiracy theorist meetup on, like, all the bullshit. They're like, well, I highly recommend you watch this doctor, you know. On AstraZeneca so- and so, or the
1: vaccine in on general? On the vaccine
0: in general. And it's like, it's like it was that, you know, that Facebook video that went around for mm-hmm. a long time. It was the doctor who's actually, like, snake oil. Like, he <sighs> sells herbal remedies yeah. for shit. And I was like, this needs to be moderated ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't been, I haven't checked it to see if it got pulled down. Cause there's like, there's some topics that are off limits. And I have to imagine like that kind of thing is off limits. Yeah. But yeah. It was a good one too. If you don't have next door and you live in a neighborhood, you should get it. Is it, does every neighborhood have it? There, you can just generally have next door that does like your region or whatever. But then there are certain, there's certain communities like ours, like Valley Ridge and uh, Crestmont across the way that have they set up a private one can you sell stuff on it yeah you can have i you, posted the couch oh, you thank you okay yes you don't have to okay um but yeah it's it's all address verified so you see like it's nice. it's only people in your neighborhood yeah. and you have to verify that you live at, at address and yeah it's great uh, it's actually very helpful, but also occasionally very entertaining. If you're if you're um, interested, there's a house for sale,
1: two, four houses down from us.
0: Yeah, we'd love a, a good, a cool neighbor. Yeah. We're trying to, like, make the... Our cul-de-sac's pretty cool. Half of it. Yeah. We're on the cool side, though. We're the line. The yeah. people to the other side are not as cool. And then the people right next to us are awesome. And I think we're, we're in gonna... the
1: process of becoming friends with the cool kids.
0: Yeah. They'll see.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, if you want to be our, our cool neighbors move into the house it's actually exactly the same floor plan as our house it's exactly the same house yeah our house it's four houses down from our house yeah one i'm gonna edit out the fact that you just gave our address to the internet i mean (laughs) it's like our business address so yeah i'll still edit it out (laughs) but uh if you're actually interested and not creepy we will give you the (laughs) listing thank you alex
1: wait I haven't t- told them my social security number yet
0: <laughs> yeah exactly here let me I'll just while we're at it let me get you my let's get the the credit cards out <laughs> man for a smart person okay, if somebody was...
1: wanted to find out where I lived they would have to email me and my address is there
0: you haven't I haven't changed it from our old one. Oh, neither have I you know the high-rise condo <laughs> with the extra levels of security anyways yeah that's a good point um all right well on that note i guess we'll uh you know, that college education release really paying off here Aa parker one <clears throat> um we'll sign off thanks for listening to that rambling this has been a long one so if you made it to this point kudos to you we hope you enjoyed it um we appreciate you listening as always and uh we'll be back for more soon